Welcome back to Access All Areas. This set of podcast episodes has been recorded in collaboration with the Montana Lakeland 50 and 100 event. And once again, thank you very much to the race team for asking us to get involved. We really enjoyed doing this. The race itself, the race event is coming up pretty goddamn soon, isn't it, Stephen? 28th, 30th of July. It is five weeks this weekend until the gathering in Coniston. Yes. And yeah, the appetites, if they weren't already whetted, are now certainly so, because it's getting to the business end of things, isn't it, Just? It certainly is. And we've been really fortunate to speak to a number of great guests with regards to access all areas. We're talking about um, last year's winner, Emma Stewart. We then have spoke with Nikki and Morvin from the Chapel Style Checkpoint. We spoke with Matt Neal and we spoke with Nick Wisher, who have multiple finishes between them. We bit different this time, though, eh? Certainly is. We are going to be speaking to a chap who is going to be appearing down in the lakes for the first time and he is taking on the 100. So a bit of a different perspective on things rather than looking back on previous um, finishes and experiences and stuff like that. This is around about it from the perspective of somebody coming down for the first time and how's their prep going and what are they worried about and what are they confident about and yeah so I think it's really insightful and some of the stuff that comes up I think will help both other newbies and folk who have been there numerous times too so all makes good listening. Definitely our guest for this episode is Stuart McNeish who has had a and he talks about this he's had a bit of a running journey and it's been quite a quick traverse shall we say through the distances um Stuart has completed the Highland Fling the Devil of the Highlands and the West Highland Way Race in fact he did them all in one year known as the Triple Crown so Stuart's got that under his belt so he's not he's not adverse to the distance but we know that the lakes throws up something quite different and as you've just described Stephen people coming into this I think there's a wee bit of the unknown when we're speaking to Stuart because that's exactly where he is he's not quite sure what's going to happen but what comes across and I think I say this is a sense of preparedness we think that at this point (laughs) but it's a good listen isn't it it certainly is and you know whether that preparedness is suitable will all be revealed come the end of July when he does <laughs> cross the finish line in Coniston. So yeah, no, you'll you'll enjoy this take on things. It's a little different. What's the sense in sharing this one and only life? We are joined by Stuart McNeish. Stuart McNeish is a first-timer at the Lakeland 50 and 100 event this July. Um, how are you doing, Stuart? I'm very well, John. Um, it's getting very close. I'm getting a yeah. wee bit apprehensive. I'm quite excited, though. So, uh, yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. Well, we're, very happy we're, to be here. we're excited to hear all about that apprehensiveness and excitement and that 
buzz that you've got. But my first question is, what even attracted you to enter the Lakeland event? Oh, what did? Like for for a good few, probably four years, I'd become quite obsessed with, with another more local event in the West Highland Way Race. And as I trained for that, I became aware of the Lakeland event. Met a few folk who'd, who'd completed it. Sounded pretty epic, to be honest, and sort of made a mental note that's something I should be looking at once I get this West Highland Way race itch scratched. Uh, I know a, a number of hardy souls that I'd consider more proficient runners than me that have tried and for various reasons haven't been able to get through it, and that made it feel even more attractive. What is this beast of a race that I keep hearing about that, uh, that these folk are, are, are toughing it out on or are coming back and saying that was the hardest thing I've ever done. I just thought this this seems this seems like something I quite fancy. This seems like another another challenge, the next logical step from the the West Highland Way. Um, again, it's in a part of the world I know nothing about as well. I must say, again, this kind of adds to the sense of adventure of going on a wee a wee quest, so to speak, around an area that I just really haven't been in up until the the Reckies relatively relatively recently. Clearly I know of the Lake District, but I've not spent any time there at all. So when people start bandying around names around the Lake District, it goes in one ear and straight out the other. It means absolutely nothing to me. In the same way that when people talk about Monroe's that they've been up and they use the Gaelic names for them, as soon as I've heard it, I've forgotten it. And I'm trying my best to stop doing that for the Lake District. I've been pouring over the map, trying to get a bit a bit better at it. But um, I'll be honest, it's, it still gives me butterflies thinking about actually even attempting this, which means it must be something that, I'm, that I should be doing, that I should be pushing myself to doing. But uh, uh, other races I've done, I've always had a, a fair amount of confidence that I'll, I'll somehow get there. But this is one that I've got, I don't know, it's 50-50. I don't even know if I can if I can do this or not, but I'm erring on the positive side at the moment. I'll be, just to be brutally honest again, I applied for the race thinking... I won't get a place first time applying for it. And then you get the email and I thought, no. <laughs> oh, <for done." laughs> um, and then set about trying to trying to get focused on it. But that's a very long-winded way of, I suppose, saying why why did I fancy it? It just felt like a big challenge and I, I like a challenge. Brilliant. And I think part of the appeal is that not knowing how it's going to pan out, somehow there's that almost sadistic side to ourselves about pushing ourselves to the, the these outer limits Aye. of what we're comfortable with, isn't it? There's a lot that can go wrong there, isn't there? Oh, God, I. I've done it all wrong. Um, that, let's just clarify, though. West Island Way, 95, 96 miles. So yep. it's the Lakeland 100 event you're taking part in, yeah? It is, it is, yeah. Cool. Okay. Decided to rip the band-aid oh. off and just go straight to the straight to the 100. Quick test, you. Rattle off a few of the lake name names you've learned in the last six months. Hey, I would have to think back to the various recies. I know where it starts. It starts from Coniston, which is somewhere down the bottom. <laughs> Good start. We do amble up via, we go via Buttermere, I'm sure. I don't think we quite get to Penrith. Dalemain comes to mind. Got to Ambleside. And then somewhere there's a big chunk I'm missing that we somehow get to somehow get back to Coniston. But there's other things. I remember somebody asked somebody on, on Sunday during one of the Reckies, where, where, 
broadly, where am I in the world at the moment? I couldn't point it in a map, but then they rattled off quite a few names that I really didn't know. <laughs> Fell a bit lost and thought, I need to get back to that map again. 50% on that particular test, I've still got five weeks. Um, thanks for applying for the job. I I would like to think that Stuart will know a lot more of them come the first week in August. He'll be a bit more familiar with them then. Why? Oh, you know. Oh, I hope so. Every one of them will put fucking before it. Aye, that's it. <laughs> that sounds about right. I only remember <laughs> the ones. I only remember the ones that were really sore, and that's most of them. You know what I mean? Ah. So, um, but it's a ah. fantastic, fantastic experience. You've mentioned the West Highland Way, Stuart. Yeah. What's your sure. What's your ultra running experience? Uh, I've I've done a few. I've done a few. I mean, I I'm your quintessential big fat guy turned ultra runner, I suppose. So I mean, it's I was I was relatively fit as a boy, and then student life and takes over, and bad habits creep in, etc. But uh, I had a bit of an an epiphany and realised that I might not see my daughter's later years and I should start doing something about it but uh, I think my addictive personality took over at that point and 10 years later five stones later here I'm daring myself to try and do the, the Lakeland 100 but I'd certainly done quite a quite a few in the last few years but really nothing until about 20 2019 a couple of 50ks after doing a marathon then thought I'll tweak it up to the devil of the islands at 43 and tweak it up again to the Great Glen and I think about 72 miles and then I did the, the inaugural Mori 100 back in October 2021 as well, that's the, the first time I'd kind of got to that distance but nothing like the elevation here and then of course the West Highland the West Highland Way was maybe the pinnacle last year, that's something as I say I've been a wee bit obsessed about for, for quite a few years ever since finding out that people were daft enough to run the whole way and then, <laughs> and then going along and marshalling at it and, and and seeing it happening, and then a couple of failed attempts because of uh, because of COVID. And finally yeah. got the chance to to do it last year. I completed the the triple crown last year, being all all three races on the West Highland Way, which was uh, again something I was I was very keen to do. And uh, I don't think I'll be rushing back to do it. To be honest, it was <laughs> some fairly sore legs come uh, come August time. Uh, you've probably seen it plenty. And you've done the Triple Crown, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you've done that. Can I ask, though, the Great Glen's got a fair bit of elevation in it. So was it 70 miles, Great Glen? 71? Yes, it's, it's, it's just, yes, it's 72 miles, and the elevation's probably, oh, I can't, I can't think. It, it comes in the second half of that race. Mm. Again, it's not it's not quite as much as West Highland Way, obviously, but it's, it's maybe, from memory, maybe 9,000 feet, something like that. So, again, I haven't done anything approaching what I'm, about to, to try and undertake. That's that's where the big that's where the big fear comes. Yeah. How to get mm. up these hills because there's there's certainly enough of them. That's the bit that keeps me awake at night. To be honest, the thing that chases me out of bed in the morning to get these hill reps done. I def- and, and where is your where are you doing your training? Well, come on to recce's. You've mentioned recce's, but where are you doing yeah. your training? Uh, I stay relatively cl- close to the the trails out in Croy. I stay relatively close to the Campsie Hills as well, near near Glasgow. So um, when it comes to doing an easy run, when I can, I'll try and get out and onto there. When it comes to doing hill reps, uh, I've got a particular favourite at the bottom of the, the Kilsyth Hills that 
I'm determined to master, but it keeps besting me every time. I was out there this morning throwing myself up and down it for an hour and a half, and my goodness, yeah, absolutely shattered at the end of it. I certainly won't be doing that pace in this <laughs> on this race. Steady up, fast downs. Uh, yeah, the one this morning was um, somehow get half a mile up a big steep hill. So it was a bit of hiking, bit of jogging, bit of running, and then throw yourself down it like a maddie. But it was good fun. You're kind of bracing to not fall flat in your face all the way down it. But so, so on your know, training, that's my favourite one. <laughs> your, your training has it been different to how you've approached other ultras? Has it been has it been more loaded towards you know, that probably, elevation prob- game? Aye, probably more more hilly, shall we say. And I've had to throw in a few very specific ones as well. So try to train with the full pack on quite often. Try to do the long runs with the full pack on to make sure I'm used to that weight because there's quite a weight and there's quite a lot of stuff you need to carry for very good reasons. I'm not saying that it, there's anything in there that shouldn't be there, but um, it's more than I've had to carry in other, in other races of a, of a similar distance. So I've been trying to have that on for the long runs. I've been trying to do stuff with with poles i've been um trying to make sure i'm spending a lot of time on on some relatively tough terrain i mean at at the beginning of this year i'd just come off the back of of a marathon block so it was very much on that canal just hammering it out and a lot of speed work still a wee bit of speed work being kept in just now just for more general fitness and to to wake me up in the morning but the majority of what i'm trying to do is is going up and down hills and getting my ankles used to potentially rolling again by by staying on some Really, Terry. And you—you've obviously—it's not your first rodeo, okay? So, your your training block—is it went off well? Is it? Is it? Do you know we're we're five weeks out, so uh, people it's will be been, listening just now. Good. Just warning, warning. People will be listening now, going. Ah shit, my train is no went so good, and and he's maybe going to say something different here. So just shut your ears, or actually, that's just normal to think that, regardless of what you've done. But how's yours went? To? It's gone to plan. I haven't I haven't missed a session yet, or have I? Because I'm sure my my coach might be listening in and thinking, yes, you have. But that that can that, an important one. I haven't missed anything, and I haven't missed an important one yet. There's been, it's it's gone to plan so far. I touch wood, no injuries in in quite some time, which is which is good. Um, I need to get used to running in the heat again. That's been that's been challenging just this last six weeks. All of a sudden, it's just kind of hit me when you've done the vast majority of training wearing a wearing a Under Armour garments, and all of a sudden you're you're down to shorts and t-shirt again. It's 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 quite challenging try to get used to making sure to drink water and all the rest of it but um no it's i would i would say Stephen, it's gone it's gone all to plan i haven't got any wee niggles at the moment as i say touch wood um i haven't woken up with anything sore in the morning and uh i've been able to i've been able to get it done so i'm hoping that it's all just gonna it's all gonna pay off i've i've been just trusting the process as they say and uh i'm, I'm telling you just the there are times I wake up in the morning and think, I just can't be bothered. It's, I'm shattered. I've got a long day at work coming. And then I'll just reflect on some of those hills and think, I just, <laughs> I need to do everything in my power, everything I can control to to try and make it not as easy as possible, but as a, as achievable as possible to somehow somehow get to that finish line. You've mentioned um, 
the morning a couple of times. Is that when you do your training? How how do you fit it in? How do you I balance always, life? I mean, I've, I've got um, a seven-year-old daughter, 13-year-old daughter. Um, I used to train such that I was going to, I was like running clubs two or three nights a week. I was out going out in the trails in the evenings. I was away the weekend doing my long runs and about probably about four years ago, I thought this is beginning to kind of get in the way of everything. So I had to sort of flip it around. And the best time now is in, in the very early morning, I'll be out in my bed at half five, six to just go out and do what I need to do so that I can get back and um, be available to help in the mornings and uh, and then get off to work myself, to be honest. But there are, there are times when obviously that's, that's, that's quite hard if you've got a lot on during the day and you're trying mm-hmm. to scrape yourself back out of bed in the morning, but no, that's that's what it's become, John. And Saturdays is the sort of time that it's just accepted that I go away and do my long run, I disappear at seven, come back whenever, and that's out my system. Hopefully, come back a better person. <laughs> all, my, all my frustrations out, and yeah. vent a wee bit while I'm out there. Probably an appropriate time to say another thank you to the support of people in our lives that let us do these things that we yeah. enjoy you know so um so what time do you got your bed at night about half eight or something well you'd think no that's a, there's another challenge that's something i need to get better at in, in the run up to this to be honest now probably I'd, I'd get by and not a great deal of sleep um that's mm-hmm. maybe something i should work on maybe that would make me make me a better runner i'm not in bed till 11 midnight and back up again half five six most days but I'll give myself a wee treat maybe on a sunday but apart from that it's there's not much there's not much sleep going on. That'd be a good specific race weekend training. There, you know? <laughs> yeah. Aye. Specificity. Aye. Exactly, yes. exactly. It wasn't, uh, well, I can't say it was deliberate, but I'll go with that. <laughs> training blocks, training runs. Do you have a coach or are you doing that yourself? Uh, I do. No, I've had a coach for, uh, for a few years now. Um, I was always... I was always fine at sort of making sure I kind of did whatever I set out to do, if you know what I mean. So uh, if we go back about six years or so before I joined the running club, I was I was good at just meeting a pal, me just go and knock out a knock out a ten k a few a few days a week, and it would just be the same ten k, and it would be around about the same pace. And I joined the running club and just seen the different types of sessions you could do. That was that was a bit of an eye opener. Started to set myself a wee kind of training planning was wasn't bad at kind of getting it done but I went along to a, a training weekend my only other time in the Lake District actually with the the pylon crew and I really enjoyed it I enjoyed spending time with like-minded folk I enjoyed hearing the chat from the, the various coaches and uh, two months later perhaps Covid hit and I thought that was, was maybe a bit of an odd time to take on a, a coach but I, I got in touch with with Paul Giblin and then was introduced to, to James Stewart and he set about uh, putting a plan together for me and uh, it's been going well ever since I know it's, it's about three years now I think so all good well you've got a um, a great coach there somebody who has achieved a lot in the game himself um, and I know that how how good he is at passing both his knowledge and wisdom on so I'm sure aye uh, that aye is, is definitely something that you'll well you have been flour, flourishing under so yeah well yeah I mean some of the I mean, some of the things I've been able to do I would very much 
I mean, it's me that has to do it, obviously. But it's James that's kind of sent me the plan and has been that sort of guy looking over my shoulder. Or this, even if it's just the, on the likes of Strava, you get that feeling that somebody's sort of watching the, that kind of pushes you on a little bit. But I mean, some of the, the, the times, etc. I feel like I've come on a lot in the last few years. But again, I wouldn't have come on anywhere without that couple of years in the running club beforehand as well. That's the thing that really opened my eyes. That was, was keen to do. Uh, the Kirk and Telech Olympians. I'm still a member there just now and I'll occasionally turn up for a race wearing the vest, but uh, my training has become quite isolated. I just, I, I quite, I don't know, I quite enjoy my own company or with a, with another group of pals that I go around with. Get that. Is it the Kirkland Telic Olympians that do that? Is it a 12.5k thing they do? They do. It's 12.5k over 12 hills. Aye, it's, that's it's right. A, it's, a, it's a tough course. <laughs> it's a tough Aye. course. I went, I went to do that a few years back, thinking that's an odd, odd distance. I like that, quite unique. Jeez, yeah. oh man! <laughs> it wasn't, it's not an easy one, is it? I remember uh, no. turning up for it the first time and being being thrown a little bit. I've had to sort of, I can't say I had a natural affinity for hills. I mean, again, my, my pal uh, Jerry and I, whenever we would go out for a wee run, we'd always. Always choose the route that avoided all hills possible, <laughs> to be honest. Mm. I agree that we'd stop the watches and walk up the hill and then back on mm. again. That see, had to change. See, when you're saying, well, this is a great question because I'm sure a lot of people have been exactly the same. And everybody speaks about when you start running about embrace the hills because it will benefit you. But it's quite, a, it's quite a shift in mindset to do that. How, maybe it's not happened yet, how has that transition been for you? How hard have you had to work to get push yourself to do hills? No, not particularly, to be honest. I think once I'd, I'd realised what the benefits would be, about just being able to get yourself up a hill, whether that's somehow hiking up it or or trying to run fast up it when you're doing a rep, then it just became part of the, the part of the training profile. Certainly, when it comes to doing long runs, that's where I, that's where I'd rather be. I mean, I don't mean running up and down in rows. I mean just heading up mm-hmm. to the the Cannon Valley, or or heading across if I'm if I've got loads of time, maybe heading across to the, to some of the parts of the West Highland Way that are a wee bit hillier. You get the scenery, you you get to take your mind off things, you get to you get to enjoy these wide open spaces. Mm. Now, you've managed and you've kind of touched on it already to enjoy a wee bit of time down in the Lake District during the training block as well, and got your yes. what, as we say foot on the route. Um, yes. What's been your takeaways from from those? Well, firstly, what what sections is it that you did? Uh, I've done. What have I done? I did Coniston to Buttermere, which was. Uh, I think that's the one I came home from and said to my wife, "I don't think I can do this." That was <laughs> the first quarter. That was the first quarter, and I'm broken. <laughs> I think I remember exchanging uh, messages with friends on the way back and uh, the way back up the road, saying. I think that's the slowest marathon I'll ever do, but no wonder, seven and a half thousand feet. It was uh, it was a wee toughy, I must say. So that was a bit of an eye opener. I kind of left it alone. I think I was next down for Buttermere to Dale Main. I think that's this that's the next chunk that I did. So that's the yep. that takes it up to the to the fifty five. That was slightly slightly better. I felt a bit more confident after after that. And then just on Sunday, I did uh, Dale Main or Pooley Bridge. It was to Ambleside. Okay. As well, again, I don't know why I had it in my head that the first half was the the tougher bit, because Sunday was tough going. 
Mm. <laughs> There yeah, were a few. Yeah. There were a few hills there. I mean, again, I've talked about the West Highland Way race, and we all know about the Devil's the Devil's Staircase and the fear that that holds for a lot of people on it, uh, including myself. There, there were a few hills on on Sunday there that that really challenged that. I was uh, a wee bit gobsmacked reaching the summit of a couple of them and just recognising just how how gubbed I was. Now, the heat had a big played a big part of that, but. Um, the final 23 or so miles are going to have to remain a bit of a mystery to the big day. I'm not going to get a chance to get to get back down there, and perhaps that's no that's no bad thing. Again, it's kind of adds to the adds to the mystery of the of the whole race. Aye, I mean to get 75 percent odd of the route mm. wrecked. Aye, and and, and how how's that, Matt? And and you say that it's it's maybe a bit hillier than you had in your mind's eye. Aye. What, what about like underfoot? Uh, like West, compared to West Highland Way, is, uh-huh. is your sort of benchmark? It was probably yeah. probably kind of probably kind of similar, to be honest. There were there were a few parts that I remember speaking to a couple of running companions on on Sunday, saying this certainly wasn't designed with runners in mind as we're as we're running down into V villages, and it's like bits of slate on their side all kind of stuck. I know the exact thought, bit you're on about there. You know, know the bit I mean? I was, oh, I was I thinking, that. my goodness, I certainly don't want to be slipping or falling here. I'd be cut to ribbons. But um, <laughs> it's 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 not been, uh, it wasn't that bad, I must say. I think I was expecting maybe maybe slightly worse. But uh, I mean, I'll be taking those hills very slowly. And as long as I can keep the heat and not run like a, I need you as fast as I can down those hills again because that's where I'm going to come a, a bit of a cropper, I think. Uh, that's the fun bit of running. I love running down a hill, but I, <laughs> I can't be doing that kind of pace on uh, on race day. No chance. <laughs> I think that uh, what's that one, Stephen, that we've done the 50, it goes down from, down towards that Hoswater. Is that Fusedale you're coming down off of? Ah, you and then yeah. down because that's yeah. a bit of a that's a bit of a grassy one you can leather it down there i so, I, I went arse over tit down there all right yes uh, but it was i think it had been raining and it was nice soft landings so i made it look that elegant way as if i'd almost see, that's going to be interesting i've been having done those three reckies they've all been bone dry mm. even the one yeah. the, even the one oddly the coniston to buttermere one i think was maybe november time it was about 18 degrees. I turned up really? with a base layer yeah. on t-shirt and it was most of it was off again by within about five or six miles. So I've not seen any of it in the wet. So I've not had that yeah, sort of yeah. challenge. The, the year, the first year John and I did it, it was warm year and there was a lot of people taking advantage uh, streams, burns as we call them, and, and you know, dipping their self in, dipping their um, buff in and putting it on. I'd imagine, given the amount of rainfall that we've had this year, that things will be pretty... Um, dried up in terms mm. of the water Aye, levels so, and the water well, courses. Just for that chunk when I was when I was doing it on Sunday there, that was certainly the case. I mean, the streams were such that I wouldn't be dipping my bottle into them if you know what I mean. It was just a yeah. just a, just a wee trickle or a puddle even. But uh, mm. yeah, I don't know how it's going to go. I keep hearing about this sort of micro microclimate that appears in in the Lake District that there will be weather of some description. We just don't know Aye. what it's uh, what it's going to be like at any point in the course. It's a point of note though. And we spoke about this recently as well. We spoke about it last week, thinking about um, how warm it's been. And it's part of your race management about hydration, isn't it? And and managing that. So yeah. 
Um, but but certainly, I think it's as you said to Stephen, to have got about seventy five percent of the route relatively familiar with it. You've been on it. You've, you've been on it. That'll definitely be your benefit. And I'm going to I'm going to say I've only done the second half of it, obviously, but I don't think there's anything more challenging than the bits that you've done. But obviously you'll be more tired as you go further on. Aye. You know? Aye. Um but well, certainly with, the, with regards to elevation and stuff, apart from about two miles for the end. Or I've maybe two and a half miles is a bit of a, a few veterans I was running with on Sunday were telling me about Jacob's ladder and make sure you bring make sure you bring a wee bit of change and uh Aye. Aye. Uh, they were just no, they didn't they didn't have it up too much. Paper as well. All right, okay, that's probably easier. Yeah, easier and more valuable. I'll see if I can see if I can find some pound notes before I can. Left weight in your pack. Aye, that might be better. Every every gram's going to count. Can we speak a wee bit about what you're going to have on your feet? Shoes, what you're going to be wearing? Eh, I've kind of oodnad over it a wee bit and then I realised I don't know why I was even thinking about it. The tried and tested shoes are the Hawkeye ATR Challengers. That's the ones that I've used for, and I keep before every big long race. I've thought, should I use them or should I try something else? And then I've always thought, well, why would I change what's gotten me round already? All the all the other ones that I've done. So I'll be using them. I used them on Sunday. They were they were absolutely fine. Um, I'm considering buying a wider pair and sticking them in my bag for Dale Main because I think my feet might be doing a wee, a wee bit of swelling uh, coming up. Mm. The ones that I've got are a wee bit a wee bit nippy. So that's that's the only thing, but that's um, yeah. I think I've kind of got over experimenting with Nike Zagamas and whether I wear a different type of hawk. Because that's the ones I'll go with. I'll maybe treat myself to a new pair because they were cut to ribbons after after Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough time to get them kind of race ready. Exactly. And it's not something that we are used to using or carrying up here, poles. But you did mention that you would be doing. You've been mm. doing a wee bit of training with them, so I'm assuming that you're. As soon as I had a, well, as soon as I had a place, I started. I started trying to use them. I borrowed a set of my pal Rich, and uh, I think I managed the first recce with them, and then I, I disappeared up the Campsy Hills with them and managed to snap them in two, which was which was good. <laughs> <laughs> Put them into what I thought was just a wee bog. It disappeared down two feet, and I fell on top of it, and I had a big snap. And I must say, at one, I, I did pause thinking. What have I broken of myself? <laughs> thankfully, got up and I just did this pole in, in two bits. I say thankfully, I had to buy him a new pair before I bought myself a pair. So it's the most expensive poles, most expensive purchase I've had for running, I think. But uh, the only thing I'm rotten at is storing them. I'm trying to work out what to do with them. So the last couple of rounds, I've just held them the whole time and not tried to put them onto my pack because I am a, a master of procrastination. Um, it'll just be another reason for me to stop and faff about with something. I'm I'm bad at it already, whether it's trying to find my headphones or trying to find the funny noise that's coming from my pack or double-checking every two minutes that I've still got my car keys. This would just become another thing that's going to just waste time. So Nag away at your head. The strategy is, exactly. The strategy is to keep them on my pack until I need them and then just try and keep them in my hand. They don't weigh much, as you know. So um, I'm going to go with it, I think. Um, I've been playing with them enough for the last few months that I think I'm relatively confident with them now. It's probably better with them without any, I'll take any advantage to get me up those hills. The one yeah. thing that I remember seeing that felt quite unusual about 
for for me because I've never ran with poles or used them in any event. So, um, but people carrying them using those quivers, almost like they're, like they're almost like Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. And you can <laughs> just reach back and to, pull one out. You actually want to do that to somebody with a pole who's maybe just <laughs> kind of nagging away at your leg with them or the, the wee tap, tap, tap noise that they make that is a yeah. little bit um, divisive with people. <laughs> um, but yeah, those quivers looked quite funky. That's <laughs> something I might do. And again, just because I've, I'm overthinking it, once again, I'm thinking I need a new pack in advance because I'm not convinced the pack I've got is big enough for all the stuff. I mean, yeah. if I tried to squeeze an extra gel into the pack I had on on Sunday, I don't think it would, it would go in. And I've still got a cup in it, I've realised. So it's I might need to take a wee step up. I, oh, exactly, exactly. I think I've found one. Super yeah, light one. Good. Yeah, I just I, I got just one of those plastic cups for Ikea. All right, okay. Like quid 50. Oh, that would be good. Stuck a Young Hearts Run Free sticker on it to make it look branded. Oh, yeah, you need to get it on brand, of course, yeah. any opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Can I, you, perfect segue, thank you very much for this, Stuart, and you're talking about, bland. yeah, and you're talking <laughs> about kit and essential kit, but I'm interested to know, we spoke about shoes, what, have you got tried and tested shorts, tops, base layers that you'll, you'll use, rain jacket? I, well, the rain jacket's uh I don't really need one, but again, it's it's another opportunity to maybe buy some new kit if I can uh, if I can persuade my wife, it's a good idea. Now I've got a, I've got a tried and tested Salomon Bonatti um, waterproof that's light enough and small enough to to do the business. If I keep my fingers crossed, it wouldn't be much good if I got there and it was torrential rain the whole way around, but it would be absolutely fine for going on and off again. Um, certainly, the Montane Gecko vest is one that. It's been it's been great since I got it. It just doesn't move. It's just been it's been perfect. Don't rub in anywhere. So I'd love to try and fit everything into the the five one that I've got just now. But as I say, I think it might just be a too tight a squeeze. And I might have to yeah. step up to the to the twelve just be, just beforehand. Is, is the gecko a zip? No, no, no. It's no. It's just got kind of bungee ropes across the front and a big kind of strap that comes around your that comes around your. My ice, one, but... John. No, I've, I've, my, I've... it's my one. Oh, is that what you use as well? Ah, is that what yeah. you have as well? Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Montaigne make really good vests. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. If they want to send a sample my way, I'll try it out any size you like. <laughs> I'm a XL, but I could fit into a large. Um, so what, what do you have, Stephen? Um, Stuart's mentioned the 5 and the 12. What do I've you got, have? No, I've got the 5 because for the 50, the 5 was... It was it was still pretty nip it, but it was it was fine, and it's it's got that nice expandable sort of material, eh? So it really it's Aye. fine. But you, if you're a good proficient packer, then mm. you can. Well, yeah. I'm not though. So that's my that's my reservations about. If I get a bigger bag, I'll fill a bigger bag. Ah. I'm, I, I, the biggest challenge I've got is carrying stuff to is carrying too much stuff. The first long, long race that I did, the the one, the Great Glen one in twenty twenty one, I carried two bananas, a bottle of coke, and non mandatory hat and gloves for seventy two miles. Didn't use them, but you never know. Just in case, I had, I had all of that. When it came to West Highland Way, I had to get one of my more ruthless friends to. I, I packed my bag and said, "That's what I think I need to take, Martin. What do you What do you think?" And he just went out, he just went through and said. Well, it's not going to rain. You don't need that. <laughs> and stripped it right back to the to the absolute basics. But there was a lot came out of it. 
I'm going to have to do that again for this. But again, I don't think yeah. I'll have much option. There's, there's a lot of mandatory kit, all for Aye. very good reason. Totally. Um, no, no, you're right. I think the one thing that I did that really kept this, not so much the weight down, but the size of things down was put things in Ziploc bags and suck Aye, all the just, air out of them. Exactly, just almost vacuum And then packets. seal them up. And they, you know, they go and it's so, yeah. And you can get a machine that does that. But um, obviously make sure that they're still easily accessible should you need them um, in a hurry. And they're all I know, there. but there's a, there's a few things I don't want to ever have to access. I mean, something's gone yeah. horribly wrong if I've got the bevy bag out or if I've got the... Aye, <laughs> if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm going for the emergency base layers, but uh, fingers but, crossed. Do you know what, you see, when you're on it, I think there was one time that I supported John doing an ultra and he finished with a lot more than he started. He was basically mind-sweeping the, the aid stations. <laughs> Probably more than once that's happened. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was seeing the cells that other people have used. That's, why I've, got a, that's why I've got a 20 litre pack. Anyway. <laughs> Starts with a 10, 10 anyway. litre space. <laughs> Swag across and it. <laughs> talking, about, talking about proficient packers, there's two, two things I want to say on that. Stephen is a very proficient packer. He managed to get a wee can of uh, chocolate milk in last weekend, eh, sorry, last year when he was doing it as well, because he knows that's a wee reward and motivator for him later on. So to get that in, yeah, to get that in was brilliant. But also the Friday afternoon, the people packing, unpacking, repacking, it's phenomenal. And then you go to race registration and they ask you to take it all out. And you're going to go away and pack it all again. All right. So didn't didn't pack your didn't have your final pack until you've been to race registration because they're they're ve- okay. for the right reasons they're very strict and they, they make you take everything out in front of them um, and then you've got to go away and pack it all again. So um, didn't waste maybe, a lot of energy having it done beforehand. And you've maybe okay. made your best effort of packing it at that point and you're watching somebody unpack it and you're like, I was quite proud of that. Yeah. I'll be thinking, I don't know if I can get that zipped enough again. Especially if you're sucking it out and vacuum packing it, you've got to do I it know. all again. I know, oh, I know. That's a, that's a really so, good point. Have you had to purchase a lot of new kit? Are you been able to borrow stuff for people or Nah, it's, it's all stuff that I've kind of that I've kind of had. I mean the only thing I might do I might borrow some some lighter waterproof trousers, for example, of somebody, but everything else is stuff that I've acquired mm-hmm. over the over the years. The only thing I'll be going out and treat myself in is a, a one at least one new pair of shoes. I think yeah. just because I'm at that stage where I need them, I need them anyway. And um, as I say, this this pack, I'm slightly paranoid about not having not having everything on me, but I'm equally paranoid about having far too much. Aye. Having having Aye. an extra tub of pseudo cream just in case I lose the first one. That, that's the way my mind <laughs> tends to go. So I need, that's what I'm saying. I need somebody that's pretty ruthless to just go through it and say, don't be, don't be daft. Has weather watch started yet? Have we able to access the weather forecast? Too far out yet? I think it's a wee bit too far out. I think maybe next week I can start Aye. to look. But I mean, that's not going to, that's not going to tell me much, is it? It's just going to get me paranoid if there's, if there's a wee rain cloud sitting there. Yeah. And plus, you run around that big an area. It's almost you need to to have about about six or seven locations on your weather app well, you know, just a case of the lake district what happens up here in the lake district doesn't happen down here yeah much like the rest of the world 
Yeah. Fair you, point. You, you, you look at a weather forecast for Tindrum and look at one for Port William on the West Island Way, and that's like two different things going on. So. Oh, exactly, exactly. My worry is that it's. If I had one great worry, it's that it's just too hot. That'll be every Scottish person's nemesis is the sun, of course. So as a as a a ginger skin a ginger person, then I need to uh, I need to make sure I've got the factor fifty with me. That's a piece of absolutely mandatory kit that's not on the that's not on the list. But my biggest challenge is usually drinking. It's usually trying to drink enough. I'll I'll usually start not drinking very much at all for an extended period and then realise I haven't drank too much and then overcompensate and drink far too much and then feel rotten because of it. I'm I'm getting better at, at that. But that's uh that's something I'm gonna have to watch. Just drink to thirst and don't be too silly with it. And what are, what is it that you use for hydration wise? Uh, active root. Active, active root. root. So it'll always be active root in one bottle and water in the and water in the other one at all times. I think that's. Uh, I think I don't think I'll be alone in that. I think there'll be quite a quite a few. So a, f- a good few sashes at Active Root in the pack. Well, now that you mention it, I I never I never even thought of that. So I've not tried it with all of them in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to pack the bag again and stick about ten gels and five of those in it. And some of your uh, well, you've got your drop bag in at Dalmain as well. I do. So, yeah, there's always that to consider. Um, and. That neatly takes us over, John, into nutrition, hydration. Ah, yeah. I was just, I was just doing a wee search there because the, there's obviously the the menu gets revealed about what's going to be at each checkpoint yet, but I don't think that has been revealed yet. I don't, don't I, see I've, it there. I've not seen it yet. No, but I was delighted to hear of the extent of food that's going to be available at these checkpoints. I mean, I've thankfully never had much of a problem. Uh, eating when out on any sort of long, long run. Um, yeah. I'd all sorts gone in the last year's West Highland Way race. It was pot noodles and all different sandwiches and everything. But again, pizzas, pastas, hot dogs, etc. That sounds like a treat. It sounds much more cultured than a, a cheese sandwich and a chicken and mushroom pot noodle. So looking forward to that. I think what you find is there's an array of food at the checkpoints. There'll be something that you'll, that you'll be able to digest. You know, if you didn't fancy this, there'll be a bit of that over there as well. But just to go back a wee bit, um, yeah. Stephen had uh, mentioned about the drop bag at Dale Main. I, I think that's a massive thing for the people doing the 100 to have. You could pretty much change everything there if you wanted I, to. I think, You've I got think the luxury to do, to do that, you know, so um, make best use of that's what you can. Uh, our most recent guy, that we spoke to Nick, he has a can of Guinness in his packet, Dale Main. I heard. So, I certainly, I certainly won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> really bad at okay. the finish. The, exactly. The, like the, the coffee infused Guinness now, eh? Yeah. All right. Some like a, a we hit a caffeine as well. Ah, yeah, that's maybe a good bang for your buck. I think, I think I'd be too inclined to just sit down and get comfy. That's the only reason I wouldn't have it in my bag at that point. Definitely. And on top of the well-stocked aid stations, is there anything that you'll be carrying that's almost like a go-to thing, do you know? Uh, the, the three things that I'll have all, all the way through will be, I've been I've been using these for the last few months, I think these are the ones I've decided on, the Mountain Fuel Sports Jelly, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like, just like, a, just like a gel really, to be honest, I don't know why it says it's an alternative to a gel, it's, to me it's a gel, but um, I like them, they don't taste too bad. 
I mean, I mean, there's no gel you would have on a bit of toast, but I mean, it's probably the closest to it. It's 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 not bad. Fair um, flavour. The original natural flavour, actually, it's, it tastes more like a sort of apricot yogurt. It's just not bad. It's quite nice. I thought it would just taste yeah. of chemicals, but no, it tastes yeah. tastes quite okay. good. The caffeine right. one is the preferred one. Um. There's energy blocks. There's these sort of Colombian energy blocks that I tried a good while ago. <laughs> steady, steady. Like, <laughs> if you can imagine somebody taking eight fruit pastels and melted them together into a square, it's it's kind of like that sort of texture, just a kind of thick jelly wrapped in a leaf. Um, our mutual friend Martin was using them a lot last or a couple of weeks ago, and they stay down very well. I've used them before and thought, I'd forgotten all about them. And again, had them at the weekend and I'll use them this weekend for a, a long run. And I think that's that's something I can, something I can start that's, that's not a gel. If you if Google, Google Luchos, if you, <laughs> you could try Colombian, I wouldn't do that. Not on your, not on your work laptop. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Luchos Energy Blocks, L-U-C-H-O-S. But, uh, did you see, did oh, they're relatively to me as well. So I've, I've, I've used them a few times, but uh, I think I'm I'm likely to uh, to go with them. I'm interested. Do you say wrapped in a leaf? Do you eat the leaf? Yeah. No, you can throw it away. I can think that's, eat the it? Whole, that's the thing. I think <laughs> if you were if you were <laughs> if you were desperate, I'm pretty sure you could. I don't know what nutritional okay. value it's got, but uh, okay. I don't think there's many carbs in it for the look of it. But all of that, and the other thing I need to make sure I've got is these salt stick fast chews as well. I need to make sure I'm putting salt in. That's been a bit of a feeling uh, yeah. in the and past. Have you, so. have you have you used them before? Do they work for you? I, I've used them. I've more used the ones that you know, like actual capsules, but they look a wee bit medicinal. I've been pulled mm. up at I've been pulled up at aid stations in the past about well. What's that? People think it's maybe ibuprofen or something. But yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, I've had a bit of a bad experience where I've uh, uh, I've had a bit of a bad experience when I've gone to swallow one of them and it gets stuck halfway down my throat and melted, and just ended up retching for for the next five miles or so. So uh, okay. I don't think I'll be I don't think I'll be doing that again. Because there's different amounts of salt in these products, isn't there? You know, because my again my experience of so I think it was the capsules you've just mentioned there, Stuart. Mm. I took them. The, the ones on that taste the, quite nice. I can remember the taste because I the just ones got. You me. Aye, aye. They were actually Were they? Aye. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You that's why they were them, John. That's why they made me so thirsty. <laughs> um, but honestly, no, they're like tranquilizers. Aye. Um, people, I would describe them as a sort of tablet you'd give to a horse. But honestly, I was thirsty for about three days after taking two of them, and I just like done. So I've I've since used other products now. I, I didn't I didn't worry about that. But salt loss doesn't affect me the same way it affects other people. But if it's something that you're aware of and you're getting cramping and all that sort of stuff, it's something you've That's got to have as, as part I'm, of your I'm game, eh? Try to become a wee bit more aware of, if you know what I mean. So again, I'm. I remember listening, uh, I think it was last, was it last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago? I think it was Matt Neal, I think you were talking to, and his tip about just being aware of your body. And if you see an orange light, treat it before it becomes a red light. I thought that was something that sort of stuck yeah. with me. Um, 
again, it's something that I've been trying to kind of get better at anyway, but just rather than wait until the cramp is in and your cut's in a mess and you've got salt all over your face, then start putting mm. it back in again, seeing if you can recover. Yeah. I've seen it work wonders, I thought. So having magical properties on a, a friend that was doing a very long challenge recently, um, he came back from the death for to, to complete another 70 miles. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I want to have them. I want, the, I want to have those magical properties in my bag just in case. Definitely. Magical elixir. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask a question. What about whole? You mentioned gels. What about whole foods? Will you carry any whole foods at all? I don't think I'll have space for them, John. That's the only reason I wouldn't. And um, usually, if there was on different races where, the, where there's been, say, a drop bag every 10 miles or so, I would have bananas and packets of crisps. And I wouldn't always take it all. You would get there and think, eh, maybe just a Mars bar. And you could leave the crisps on the table for somebody. I'll leave that. I'll leave John some crisps for, for, for later on. Um, but no, I would usually have all sorts there. But it, like knowing that there's going to be very well stocked aid stations all the way around, then I'm just gonna I'm gonna place a lot of reliance on that and just carry gels and sugary sugary stuff and big salt pills. How many pockets you got in your shorts? They will be filled. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, yeah, they they will they will be filled uh, all the all the way up, I suppose. But uh, I hadn't thought of that actually. That's another place I could put about a dozen. <laughs> but then we've we've still got to move. Do you know what I mean? You've still got to be comfy moving, and you've no. But you see things like your active route of it's sashy as you're taking. Yeah. There's loads of wee places you can get them on your body before you've got to go in your bag. Do you know what I mean? So acceptable. Yeah. The the thing is, and you touched on it earlier Stu, about doing training one runs with your full race day kit on, yeah, including lashing all the stuff that you're going to in your shorts. Because sometimes you end up running in your shorts and they start kind of shuffling down and a wee bit, mm. and you're like, oh, <laughs> I didn't really want to keep fucking eye full here. Oh, I've I've had experience before about the day before a race thinking, why don't I try this new thing? Why don't I try this belt that I can put all my gels in? And mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't didn't go yeah. particularly well. I think yeah. it was Manchester Marathon I turned up at with you know one of these belts that looks like you've got ammunition around your waist, <laughs> <laughs> eight gels strapped, and I hadn't run with it with eight gels on it before. So as soon as I set off, it started rolling down my waist and round my thighs, and yeah, not Aye. not a great idea to to do anything new on race day, I suppose. But you live and learn. And. Taking away for actual race day preparation, are you camping? Uh, no, no, that's not for me. I'm a wee bit of a. I like my home comforts too much. Okay. I'm going to be so, staying. I'm going to be staying in Windermere before and after it. I've got a wee Airbnb. I managed to get. It's not that close, but thankfully I've got a chauffeur coming with me who's going to be able to <laughs> ferry me around and hopefully scoot me back up into the car at the end. Brilliant. That's VIP style, that. Yeah, I've managed to, my, my my father has graciously agreed to come down and play that role. So. Got to say, first bit of planning is on point. That is a great move. Yeah. The camp, I just the the campsite's good. Do you know what I mean? That it's yeah. good. It's a good atmosphere, but equally, the sound of a nice, comfy bed is very appealing, both before and after. Well, certainly, certainly before, because I know that. Oh, you know what it's like. I'm not going to sleep the night before. 
I'm getting up early and getting driven down. I think I've managed to get early access into this place. So if I can just get there for about eleven o'clock and get a, get a couple of hours, I think I'll be I'll be much happier. As much as I want to, I do want to get there and kind of take it all in, so to speak. But I'll need mm-hmm. a wee bit of sleep before yeah. I try and embark on on this. Nah, that sounds a good a good plan, Stu. And I think for people doing the hundred, it's a different it's a different thing going on in your mind with it with a camp with a fifty. It becomes in the Friday night, and you know, it's it's almost part of it. Is is yeah. you know, and then getting back to your ten at whatever time, whether it's daytime, nighttime, <laughs> daytime, whatever, is it's always a bit of a fun challenge trying to get in said tent and things like that. And it's all part maybe of it. maybe part if, I come, if I come back that. in the future, I'd I'd certainly consider it. But I mean, it's again when I've camped in the past. I remember camping up at Kenlock even before a race and it was, it was fine the night before and trying to get that, you know, these tents that just pop up and they're magic at the time when you take them out, you unzip them, you throw them in the ground, you think this is dead easy. Then comes the next day when you're really sore and try to wrestle it back into this wee pack that it somehow came in. No, I just didn't, I didn't see that happening. No. There's too many people to laugh at me. <laughs> and what about the, the start? The start at six o'clock in the evening? Mm-hmm. How there's no many races start at six o'clock in the evening. How how does that feel for you? I, I'm actually thinking that might be better. There's a couple of the longer ones I've done in the past. One of them started at so the the longest one I've done started at four o'clock in the morning. I'm quite woken up yet, and body was still a wee bit mm-hmm. tired. Other couple, the other two, Great Glen and West Island Way, start at one a.m. And my body really didn't like that at all. I must say there was a first the first few hours were pretty pretty torturous. Your body's basically telling you what, what you're doing, you should be in bed here. This is mm-hmm. this is nonsense. And you're trying to throw gels down and mm-hmm. and run uh, run at a reasonable pace. It just it wasn't good at all, stomach wise. And uh, I could see why a lot of people might get themselves to a place fairly fairly early on in those races where they think I just I can't go on with this. Six PM actually feels okay when there'll be apprehension during the day if I can get a few hours then the thought of running in daylight for the first wee bit doing overnighter and then you've got the full day again I, I think that should be okay maybe I'm being a bit daftier but I'm comparing it to things I've done in the past and how I felt it it's silly early hours in the morning and I think this might be all right this might actually suit me mm-hmm. yeah because I, I mean most of us are used to being awake at six o'clock at night you know, it's maybe at the end of the Aye. day and stuff. But if and I think even I'm no expert, but even if you even if you can't sleep, getting your legs up and rested and not Aye. not moving around too much, you know, and using exactly. using any unnecessary energy during the day is brilliant. So it's very exciting. It's also a very exciting start. We've experienced the start a couple of times as spectators, Stephen and I, and it's a real buzz. Um and I've, I've heard a lot about it. I'm really, I'm genuinely excited and looking forward to it. Somebody asked me at work the other day, how's your, what are your thoughts in the big race? Because obviously I've been boring everybody at work all about it. Yes. And uh, I was genuinely, I think the first word that came to mind is I'm genuinely excited about it. I can't wait. Aye. But uh, I mean, I mentioned excitement and apprehension. There's a degree of apprehension there as well. But uh, more excited than apprehensive, I think, is, is the best summary. Love it. 
Absolutely, I'm excited as well. And you know what? You should be excited because you've invested a lot in this to get to this point, you know, both yeah. physically, emotionally, mentally, and it's just you're getting very, very close to the actual the off, which is which is which is fantastic. Um so you're going down to your digs. Yep. Early in there, but you've got to be You've got to go and then register. Will you go and register and then go back to your digs, or will you register and then stay? I don't know, is the honest okay. answer. I don't know how early I can register. So if I can register early, I'll probably go and get that out of the way, because I don't want to be standing in a big queue. I can it's... tell you that. It opens at nine o'clock in the morning. All right, see, this is stuff. I should, I should probably be reading these instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and, it shuts, and it shuts at four o'clock, so it's open there, but it, do, it does get busy. <laughs> As well, as Steve, Steve and I have experienced that, it's busy, you know. I'd want to go down and just uh, get it get it over with, so to speak. Not that I think it'll be any sort of, uh, not that I think it'll be a bad thing, but I'd want to just get that done, go back to the digs, rest Aye. up, and come back Aye. over for, well, make sure I get there in plenty of time. It would be a disaster after all of this if I'm 10 miles away and have to run it in or something. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be what I need. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. my son's just turned up at the window right in front of me and he's kind of trying to make you laugh. And <laughs> well, you should I'm, laugh. I'm, well, I'm trying to kind of just usher him away, but I think he's, I think he's, he's playing the goat, as we say. Yes, of course. <laughs> Sorry of course. for that minor well, distraction. Stuart, Stuart, have you had an opportunity to lis- listen to any other Access All Area stuff hey. that we'll put out? I didn't know there's been, has there been any others. I thought you were just doing me. <laughs> <laughs> you tell no, everybody they're the first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I've, I've enjoyed them all. It's really helped to get me to to try, if nothing else, to normalise some of these uh, place and, and hill names. But no, there's I've, I've enjoyed them all. I mean, there's I, I mentioned um, uh, Matt Neal and just the th- one of the things that that stuck with me again, just this. Just be aware of yourself and and treat it before it becomes before it becomes an issue. Um, I've not had many mechanical failures or or any real issues with blisters or anything like that during races in the past. But I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to be here. If I haven't seen the state of my feet after each of the recce's compared to doing the full thing on uh, for other races, I think it's I don't know whether it's the change of terrain or whether it's just been that hot in each of the three that I've done. It's that's been quite eye opening. Again, just the, the I remember the tip. I think it was um, I think it was Nick Wishart the, the tips that, that he gave on blister control. I would have gone mm. straight to the compete blisters to be honest. And yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't have given it a thought. That's the first thing I would have pulled out my bag. And just again, that's worth its weight in gold. Just just knowing if that if that comes up. But I also enjoyed listening to the the, the one on with I think it was Nicky and Morvin you had on mm. as well. Again, they gave me a bit of an insight into these checkpoints. I thought it would just be like a I don't know, a wee table with some jelly babies on it or, or whatever else, but apparently it's, it's it's so much more. And I think it sounds like I'll it sounds like I will get the, the tough love that I know that I need when I go into aid stations. I'm the world champion at fanning about in, in aid stations, to be honest. If there's if there's a reason to just stay for one more one more cup of water. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you better? No, no, we're sitting in the company of the undisputed world champion. All right. <laughs> um, aid station fanny in a boot. So, yeah, uh, it has improved. But, uh, yeah, when, no, I, no. When, when I 
<laughs> BNF'd at Kentmere. John passed through the aid station a, a little while after, um, and I was sitting in the there's a wee section where they put the the DNFers so that they can make you feel special. And John comes sauntering in to the said special area and just plonked his arse down and sat there for 20 minutes just in the crack. <laughs> I think it partly it was to well, then went again. Me, it was per, to persuade me to rejoin the race but I'd you, you hand in your little tracker thing and I'd done it I'd made that decision. Ah, right, okay. um, so after that John just entertained us for 20 minutes and then <laughs> and then off he popped up the hill. Every aid station has a hill right after it that's a theme. Um, uh-huh. which is a good hill for taking on scran, sorry, food for anybody unfamiliar. So, yeah, that that's my um, first-hand yes. experience of... All right, OK, yeah. well, I didn't realise I was in the in the presence of a, an actual world champion, so Very maybe I could... Sure. And you know what, more than, more than in Nicky, they, they, they look after the chapel-style checkpoint that is quite phenomenal. It seems to just be at the right place at the right time. We've not experienced the checkpoints in the first half of the 100. I'm pretty sure they all feel the same. And a big shout out and a thank you to all the volunteers. And as running clubs, I think, take over a lot of them. And oh. my God, they do it well. You know, they do it with gusto. And you're right, they give you some tough love when you need it. Uh-huh. But, but they're, yeah, they're all heroes, every one of them. So thank you all to the yeah. the aid oh, station thank, volunteers I'll, I'll say thank you in advance because uh, I might be short of words on the day certainly coming yes. later certainly coming later if, if you are on a checkpoint and you see a gibbering ginger Scottish boy coming in just put some, <laughs> put some factor 50 on him and send him on his way <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me use something to eat first maybe we'll call it a five minute maximum <laughs> a couple of slices of melon okay, just enough. throw them Throw it, just throw him, and he's good at doing that, <laughs> catching it in his mouth. That would be great. Just keep going. Off you pop. <laughs> I think I could save a good couple of hours if I could do that. <laughs> and all coons at the end, doesn't it, Stephen? Certainly does. All coons at the end. Um, is it cheeky to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway, about race expectations? What's your hopes, Stuart? Well, the hope is first and foremost to finish it. I mean, it's 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 all about the finish. I'll cross that line, delighted as long as it's within the the overall time. Um, barring any major mechanical failure, I think I've, I think I hope I've got it in my locker to get there. Positive thoughts from from here on in. Um, but of course, being a wildly competitive Strava wanker, I obviously want to get as good a time as as, as mm. possible. I mean, there's a totally arbitrary time that I've got in my head of of trying to finish at some point on the Saturday, which would mean less than 30 hours. But obviously I'll be delighted to just reach Coniston. If that passes by, I'll roll my eyes and, and keep going. It's not anything I'm going to lose any sleep over. It is all about the finish. Brilliant. Brilliant. And are you staying down for the weekend? Are you going to the ceremony? Aye. Aye. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, I think we're whenever we get kicked out of the digs at some point on Sunday, I think it's before the ceremony anyway. We'll go along to that and then uh, meander back up the road. I'll certainly not be doing any of the driving. So I'll be getting driven back up the road, I think. Next time. <laughs> the chauffeur will be... Exactly. exactly. As long as he remembers his cap. <laughs> I was going to say, I got a cap. 
That's Vaga should do one, eh? The show. Why? Have I got that hat? And they're listening in. It'll be it'll be there for on sale in uh, July in Coniston. <laughs> it'll be there. Well, I'll have I'll have my full repertoire of Vaga hats with me when I'm down. That's <laughs> home turf for them. It certainly is. It's their part of the world, isn't it? What do you wear sunglasses? Is that something you're trying? Uh, I, you know, I took them on Sunday and I wore them mostly on my head, despite the fact the sun yeah. was in there. And the sun was there the whole time. I wore them for a wee bit, and then there's times that I think I can't see the trail properly and end up tripping over things. So that certainly happened on Sunday as well. I kicked a good few few rocks, I think, because I had the sunglasses on. But no, I'll have them. It's just this the the usual uh, gooder sunglasses. I seem to go through mm. quite a lot of them because I'm, I've got a tendency to get sun cream on them, and all of a sudden it seems to to melt the lenses a wee bit. And but they're, they're cheap enough that you can. And sometimes chill out good, for other it can sometimes be good if there's a lot of we get a lot of midges in Scotland. That can be good for that. Aye. They get a lot of flies or things like that. It can be good for that. But I equally get what you're saying. If it's if it's lessening your vision. And Aye. you're not going to be tripping up then. I totally get I that. I that was just my excuse for being clumsy at the weekend. But I'll I'll definitely have them on me. But again, that's something else I need to put in my bag. Watch, I mean, I tell you, you should get me to unpack afterwards. There'll be there'll be tick tweezers, there'll be <laughs> points of pseudocream, there'll be another any other type of lubricant I can get in there that I think we might need, be helpful at some point. We need to see your flatway pack contents before and after Aye. it's been sort of thinned out. <laughs> I look, like, I look like I'm going. I look like I'm going on holiday for a fortnight. Pack horse. My scarf and everything in it. Tap and blanket, a flask, flask of soup. <laughs> Brilliant man. So I think we're at the end, Stephen. I we've we... exhausted our um, extensive list of questions, and Stuart has um, absolutely batted them off. Yeah. Well, what I'm taking from it, what I'm taking is a, is a sense of preparedness. You know, I think as much as I can. Aye, and you, but you know what, you can't do any more than that. You know, if if in your head you are at a place where you've spoke about your training, you spoke about getting your foot on the route as much as you can. You spoke about your kit. You'll probably ponder your kit between now and race day. That'll happen. Aye. That's going to be natural. So for MD else listening in that is 100% natural that you will have things and be like the hokey cokey it'll be in and it'll be out and that's, that's exactly what happens um, but Stephen I'm going to hand over to you to ask that last question so we've been asking people who've come on this excellent series of podcasts please listen to ones that you've not listened to before unless you've already listened to them and if that is the case listen to them again do it do you listen? Will, will you be listening to music out on, or or will you have headphones in said pack? I'll have music with me okay. definitely. I mean, I won't set off listening to it. I mean, okay. I, I quite like to have a wee chat as I'm gonna as I'm going along, but uh, it'll definitely be there for the for the darker I, moments. I was thinking, well, if you are having a darker moment, go and listen to this episode back. That could be a bit <laughs> weird. <laughs> but, I think if there's if there's anything I can say to my future self. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Now's your chance. What are you going to tell? It's like those notes that you write at the start of a conference workshop or something like that, you know, that you then get out at the end say, oh, yeah, I was a bit of a dick. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 
However, if there is a song that would get you out of those dark moments, what would be the song that would pop oh. into your playlist? Well, it's, hard, it's hard to pick one, I suppose. Um, I see generally when I run with music on, I have to listen to an appropriate playlist depending on what I'm doing, because I'll find myself in a long run battering along because something particularly fast has come along but uh, given that the pace will be a lot slower throughout this um i'll go with a song that's been a bit of a a bit of a favorite that's made me smile for coming up in 25 years uh, a bit of an anthem basher dry the rain by the beta band I assume you said 25 years. I was going through all these songs. I don't know. We looked recently. I think I saw something that said it was like the 20th anniversary of the album. And I thought it can't be that long ago. And we looked yeah. it was 1998. So, <laughs> wow. Years. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, the scariest stuff. Then. I was there on any of them. <laughs> <laughs> or in the bakers. I ran out of the rain into the pub. But that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Well, that's a great tune and for those who maybe haven't heard it go and check out the beta band because not just dry the rain there's a whole host of fantastic tunes and listening stuff. a wee rabbit hole for yourself and you John, we will be putting together uh access all areas young hearts run free collaboration playlist before we get collaboration it's like the x all right ah, okay okay okay, okay. Uh, yeah so that was that you can download <laughs> but it won't have any sequence of songs that will particularly work on any part of the route it'll jump all over the place from genre to genre some people need an, a playlist that is that flows don't they i'm not like mm. that I'm, I'm i just stick every playlist on random so i get a surprise yeah yeah that's what, that's what i usually do hence the reason i find myself running like a maddie downhills when i'm only 10 miles in there 30 mile run <laughs> <laughs> No, that's been great, Stuart, just getting your insight into, you know, as a first timer heading down to Coniston on the last weekend in July. That is when it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, your your training block seems pretty textbook to me. So um, if it's that case, uh, trust in the process and you know then you've done all you can in that front and all the controllables seem controlled sound like yeah. a coach here exactly, exactly. And it's all i'm for you from a final pep talk Stephen. sorry <laughs> i'll send the invoice um it's all down to just the you know what happens on race day weekend and the stuff that you you can only prepare for so much you mentioned the hot weather who knows what that you know curveball could could bring but you've even got a plan yeah. for coping with that by the sounds of it so um no can't wait to see what happens at the other end we'll be keen to find out um john any final thoughts before we get this dude to bed so that you can get up at five o'clock to go <laughs> to be a hill it? no i just i just echo what you said there steve i'm really looking forward to we're planning to be down um in coniston it's the 28th to the 30th that last weekend of july it's amazing how quickly this has come around i think we put the first one of these out must have been like january or something uh-huh. and so, january february it's amazing how quick the the year's flown in and both 
to wishing Stuart and everybody else that's listening in that's going along to Coniston. Hope you have a great time and hope that hopefully we can catch up with you. But really looking forward to seeing how this pans out for Stuart. Um, it's about... I'm very excited. I'm hoping to see a couple of friendly faces popping up at uh, at different points in the in the route. You never know. Look out for me. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. And you know what? You do never know. So there you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Stuart. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me on, guys. Thanks, Stuart.